0: That's trinityschool.org, Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life, transform the world.
1: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
2: Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
1: Find a forest
3: near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
4: When's the last time you took a timeout? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Black Effect Presents features honest conversations
2: and exclusive interviews, a space for artists, everyday people and listeners to amplify, elevate and empower black voices with great conversations.
5: Make sure to listen to the Black Effect Presents podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts or
2: wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I tell you every week, every time you watch this episode or listen to it in podcasts, to stop reading other people's success stories. And what did I say? Start writing your own. Stop telling people you can't do it. If you have a gift or a passion, leave with your gifts. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews I bring on this show are people I know for you, your consumer, your business owner, They are celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what I like to call industry decision makers. My next guest is Victor Dura Jr. He is the president and executive director of BrubMentorship.org. Victor is a nonprofit leader, a nonprofit leader, and has been recognized on numerous occasions for his community development work. Victor recently received a 2021. Community Leadership Award from Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League and Slam Magazine for his work with athletes and mentoring. He is currently attending Clemson University and plans to receive his Master's in Public Administration and serves on the board for Habitat for Humanity. Victor has been recognized three consecutive years as a top professional in the nonprofit field by the Spartanburg and South Carolina. Just let everybody know, we're going to talk to a South Carolina boy here, Chamber of Commerce. Please welcome... The president and Executive Director of BRUH, that's B-R-U-H, B-R-U-H Mentorship.org, Victor Dura Jr. My brother, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother, and I'm I'm glad to
5: be here today. Cool. I okay. hope you're well.
3: I'm doing well, man. You know, uh, just get out the box, you know. we both fraternity men. Man, we are both <laughs> fraternity men, okay? Just putting it out like that. But he just happens to be a member of Cap Alpha Psi. That's all right. That's all right. I still love him. All the cubes still love him. I love him. I'm an old dog. I love this young noob. But I just want to get that out. 1911 love.
5: 1911 love. But
3: you you know, the thing about it, the reason I wanted to bring that to the top, because you know the basis of all black Greek fraternity is about community, is about uplift, is about brotherhood. And that is why they're they're founded, plus education and mentorship. And so a lot of people, it gets lost to a lot of people the core basis of what black fraternities are like, because they hear about partying, they hear about stepping, they hear about all those things, walking in line of your yard, you know, stuff like that, looking tough, things like that. Tell us about your experience and the values that have been brought to you, positive values, because a lot of negative things, you're always about the lawsuits or a bad pledge situation that that didn't go right for students, which we don't, that we don't agree upon, that we don't acknowledge that something should happen in any black or white fraternity or sorority. But it is a lot of positive things that come out of joining an organization like the Kappa Alpha Psi, as is like Omega Psi Phi. But talk about your Kappa Alpha Psi experience that you had. I'm assuming it's at the University of South Carolina?
5: University of South Carolina, upstate. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever, man. Stop pointing. (laughs) Tell us about your experience. (laughs) So I'll tell Mm -hmm. you um, my first um, deep. Um, and enriching experience uh, with community service came um, from activities with Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, I served as the uh, community service chairman, also known as the God Right chairman, uh, for three and a half years while mm-hmm. I was in college. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest with you, when you hear BRU, it stands for Brothers Restoring Urban Hope Incorporated. And When we started Brothers Restoring Urban Hope 16 years ago, it was with our fraternity brothers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on my campus, you know what I mean? We were known as the brugs. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and we started out um, really coming together and providing mentoring opportunities for our campus uh, through the fraternity. And um, we did it with brugs. Um, when you think about it and, um, and even other fraternities, uh, we do a lot of stuff with Omega Psi Phi, mm-hmm. but, um, we were founded on that principle, achievement in every field of human endeavor. Yes, sir. And you're right. That does get lost, um, when you think about fraternities, but that's where I found my passion. Right. Um, so, um, hats off to Kappa Alpha Psi and, um, all the brothers, um, that, that are out there serving
3: yeah you know like I tell I tell all my friends you know I tell her that when I pledged to make a side fire it directed me it gave me vision it, it really um, you know we always have a fire inside of us Victor a fire to just first of all uh, find ourselves and when you're around mm-hmm. other brus, which I really relate to because you know you know, that's that we've been out a long time and the fact that you guys have turned it into BRUH. Bruh is guided by the principle that all students regardless of socioeconomic status, family dynamics, nationality or past failures deserve a chance at a bright future. That's what bro represents and you guys have built it out into an organization that's powerful and like when I pledge, you know, I would give away government cheese, I would give away doing parties, you know, to give money to local local community organizations and because that's what I was supposed to do. Now but that doesn't mean that people see it that way. See they see mm-hmm. it as a challenge. But I looked at your resume, Victor, I don't see giving back as a challenge to you. Talk about your personality, my man.
5: Man, um I, I've always um have been in fortunate situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up um in a single parent home. Um, I have uh, two brothers, one older, one younger, um, all who pledged um, Kappa Alpha Psi. Um, I actually pledged my younger brother um, Mm -hmm. through Kappa Alpha Psi. Um, But I understand um, from from a long time ago that um, where I grew up at, um, things could have turned left real fast. And had I not had mentors and uh, folks in my life, um, such as my, my basketball coaches, um, my pastor, um, uh, my, my, my real good friends, um, that were kind of pointing us in the right direction of, um, of doing more than just graduating high school and staying in the local town and, and just doing whatever. Um, I understood early on that I had a responsibility once I got to a place, um, of, of some type of success to, to reach back and pour into my community. And I've always just had that about me. Um, and it, and it's, and it's, and it's morphed into a passion. So when I go to work, um, it's not work. Um, this is, this is life. You know what I mean? This is, this is easy. Every day is an adventure mm. when I wake up, um, to, to serve. And that's in a community capacity right. in the church right. and in the schools.
3: OK, cool. Now, when I when I looked at the mission, you know, because it's so much it continues. One thing I liked about everything I read, it, it was like a continual thought. You know, you never broke. You didn't break mission. In other words, the mission is restoring the urban community through group mentorship, which goes back to our fraternity talk. Leadership training, yep. which we all knew. Hey, man, you learned leadership in the fraternity. You learn it. you know. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm not turning this into a pro fraternity, but I got to go with what made us, man. What, what made us be able to see, I have these conversations as a reality that men came into our life who were strangers. And I'll say they did all the right things. Don't get me wrong. Some of them were stupid, okay? You know what I'm talking about, Victor. Some of them were stupid. But in the end, when you crossed and you became, when you was able to define yourself as a man, Victor, and defining yourself and your other brother's listen to you and say, hey, man, we have a bigger calling, a bigger cause. And that's where you also in your mission statement, you talk about spiritual guidance. And that's the last thing you say in your mission statement.
5: Why is that so important? Man, um, even though it's mentioned last, it's the most important piece um, of Brothers Restoring Urban Hope. When you think about hope, you think about the spirit of the man. Mm-hmm. And you gotta have a, a strong spirit, you gotta have a fighting spirit, you have to have a positive spirit, um, you have to have a uh, in, in my case, a spirit of God, mm-hmm. um, in order to have hope in this world that we live in. Um, so as we talk about building up the man um or or the female, because we serve females too, when you when you talk about building them up um to teach them leadership skills, um to, to teach them um, or or try and mentor them. Right. You you, op, you you have to deal with the spirit of that person too, and that's that's their health, um, that's their mental spirit, that's their, um, you know, their spirituality. Um, it, it's everything that makes up that person. So we have to deal with that also, especially our young black, uh, African American brothers and sisters. We really have to deal with the spirit before we even start talking about restoring hope.
3: And you know, Victor, when I when I look at you, you know, first of all, I'm proud of you. Okay, I'm proud of because you're younger than me. I always tell people my path is to make your path easier, and that's what you're doing for people in your mentorship campaigns, male and female, and you know, being recognized for your community development work. You know, you're on the board of Habitat for Humanity. How does that, um, you know, do you have time for anything, brother? That's what I'm saying. You know, you have time. <laughs> you know, because I'm just telling you, I left out a lot of stuff. Okay. I just went through and say, okay, sure. this is recognizable. You are a busy man and your service, Victor, is to the community. And, that, mm. and I go back to that because that gets lost because when I grew up, you know, there were people who I grew up in the hood. With a fifth ward, Texas, and then we moved to a better hood, you know. Because you know, it was just so much money to get you out of the original hood. But all along the right. way, there were teachers who f- kept me right, you know. Told me, hey, mm-hmm. hey, you, 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 unique. You have unique skills. Who were the people who kept you focused early on? You know, like because I know I can tell you for I can tell you my sixth grade teacher. Stop me in the hallway. I can remember that very clearly. I can remember my eighth grade teacher always used to just pour into me knowledge. I can remember my band instructor, you know, uh, Mr. King. I can remember Miss Trailer, who was right. my biology teacher. Miss Miss Nelson, who was my math teacher. And I hated math, and my degree in college, math. Okay, and so so these people poured into me, and now you pouring into the community. Who poured into you, Victor?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I had three uh, phases in life where I can uh, point back to that were very impactful. Um, it was my basketball um, career when I was in high school, um, getting ready to go to college and get my first scholarship playing basketball. Um, I had a a coach that that really really showed tough love. Um, he didn't let me off the hook for anything. His name is Coach Hal McManus. Um, and I still remember vividly the first camp um, that he put me out of um, because I had some disciplinary issues. Mm-hmm. And but but one, but what, but what he did was put his foot down and now I look back on it, he was teaching me a lesson of discipline. And when I was at home waiting for everybody else to come back from camp, all I kept rewinding back in my mind was, man. I'm missing out on an opportunity and he didn't give up on me. You know what I mean? They came back, they checked up on me once everybody got back, but I learned my lesson early. Um, I had another mentor. His name is Jermaine Green. He's actually a bro of yours. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's an Omega Mm -hmm. and he was uh, one of the guys in the neighborhood that actually um, graduated with honors and went off to college. So that was somebody that we, we're able to look at and see like, wow, he did it. Mm -hmm. And he took me under his wing and he told me uh, a long time ago, he told me, and we still had this conversation to this day. He said, you always had that leadership um, quality. And he said, it's up to you, you know, how far you go. And I just remember him taking us to church and, you know, really showing us what college life was like on his campus. Mm -hmm. And then third and then that third phase was in my work field, which was one of the most important phases that I went through. I worked in corporate um, for a little bit, about eight and a half years. Right. But I met two young, bro- I, I met two brothers. Um, one of them's your fraternity brother, and mm. um, and another one um, is 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 in management still with the same company. Mm-hmm. But they always would tell me, don't ever, ever, ever put your hope in man. Mm-hmm. don't you ever do it especially mm-hmm. in this arena and and they taught me how to play the game they taught me how to speak the language they taught me how to not be so uh caught up in my feelings right uh per se with mm-hmm. certain things that were going on in the workplace um but to always outthink um <laughs> you're oppressive. right and those kinds of things right there helped me maneuver. In the space that I'm in now, as far as relationship building, working right. in um, the professional setting, and also giving that knowledge back to some of our youth um, that are headed into college and or graduating um, college. So, as I think about those three phases, those are five people that I can say, well, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I still stay in touch with to this day that had a, a, a major impact on my life.
4: If I could be you And you could be me For just one hour
3: If you could find a way
4: To get inside Each other's mind Walk a mile in my shoes
3: Walk a mile in my shoes
4: Walk a a mile mile in my my shoes shoes. We've all felt left out And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment We can change that Learn how at
0: belongingbeginswithus.org Brought to you by the Ad Council
2: Walk a mile in my shoes
5: Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
3: Visit NHTSA.gov
2: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
3: Cool. I'm talking to Victor Dura Jr. Uh, you know, he's the president and executive director of broadmentorship.org. Now, I'm kind of confused now. The brother. I got to be real and honest about this. He just mentioned two Omega men that were valuable <laughs> in his life that pointed him in the right direction. But obviously, he came here. Obviously, he was directed by his older brother who told him, Newport die, Newport die. He became a new I'm trying to figure that out I just had to bring that out How he gonna mention two Omega It's another Omega man Gotta give you credit there Two Omega men kept me on the right track But man That's important That's why why it's so beautiful you to say that Because at the beginning of our interview I was just talking about The role that fraternal men Play in the community That we don't get credit for Not that we looking for credit Don't get me wrong but there's so many it's like hbcus get that don't get respect for the education that they provide and the people that they have working in this country and just changing the conference of the country now education still is important to you now you went to the university of south carolina is that the Gamecocks? that's the Gamecocks. okay cool i'm trying to figure out See, i gotta listen to you brichter now you over at clemson how you doing all this, man? How you get help from the brothers of Mega Sci-Fi? You go to University of South Carolina. Now you're over at Clemson University. You all over the place, Victor. Talk to me, man. What's going on with you, baby? <laughs>
5: um, so so at so at USC um upstate, um, which is uh, an extension of USC, but it's here in my hometown in Spartanburg. Absolutely. Um with that that's where I got my um, nonprofit administration and management degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I got into the field um, that I am in today. Mm-hmm. And with Clemson, um, they have an excellent um, a, a master a MPA program that focuses on nonprofit um, work. And so it was just a, a good match um, for for the skill set that I'm looking for. Um, as far as nonprofit work goes, in the administrative space.
3: Now, now, why do you have to go further with the academic training? One would say, "Hey, man, you right. got, you got all these, like you got you get awards for what you're right. accomplishing. You know, you you know, you you're fluent, you're articulate, you have a, you know, where you're going with your life. Why does one right. need to continue education in this platform?"
5: Right. Um, so when you think about nonprofit work. Um, I know a lot of people think about the services. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of people think about um, you know, the, the volunteers. Um, a lot of people think about um, the ways that different nonprofits affect people's life. Um, but um, when you talk uh, to a lot of nonprofit professionals in the administration um, space, um, you'll hear um, lingo such as grant writing, um, capacity mm-hmm. building, um, you'll hear uh, lingo such as, um, you know, fundraising, endowments, um, a lot of uh, backhouse administrative work um, that, that comes with the different IRS um, um, stipulations yes. and things on raising money. And that's, those are our specialties um, and our skill set. Um, that a lot of our African-American um, nonprofit professionals, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's across the board um, from an equity um, standpoint, we don't have a lot of those um, right. skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of good works. Um, we have a lot of great programs. Right. And we run a lot of good programs. Um, But when you look at the fundraising and uh, the amount of money that is out there, you really have to know your stuff. You really have to understand what you're getting into um, when you're trying to raise, you know, two, three million dollars a year, which is ultimately uh, my goal um, Mm -hmm. for our nonprofit. So I just want to be ahead of the game, um, especially um, in the movement that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. Um, the the post-COVID. Um, slash Black Lives Matter movement, where they're looking for African American all-ran organizations that have their stuff together, and we just want to make sure that we're in a in a place and in a space where we're comfortable. When you say, "Hey Vic, um, I, I got a million dollars. I want to give to you. Mm-hmm. Can you? Do you have the capacity? Do you have the knowledge base? Right, right. Do you have the skill set to even manage that?" Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what um, I've dedicated. Um, my education towards um really understanding the space and, and being a master of my fate and a captain of my soul. Ooh, invictus, <laughs> Ooh,
3: boy. Hey, man. big brother, anything I can do for you today, sir, big brother, sir, big brother, sir. Come on now. <laughs> you have me on back online in a minute, boy. I'm gonna be a lamp. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm glad you enjoyed this interview, man, because I appreciate your youth, your spirit. We talked about the mission of broadmendership.org Now, the vision, you know, the vision is through uh, your mentoring program. You desire to make personal connections that will inspire those in the urban communities to discover who they are. That's important because sometimes I know, you know, I, all I can see, man, what I saw on TV or what happened down the street. And sometimes what happened down the street wasn't always what I wanted to be, but I didn't have an option to see what I could be. And so that means developing their strengths and overcome their challenges. Like you said, like I'm, not, like I'm talking about, and I'm not telling anybody, look, man, I didn't come from the, I, I I didn't, I wasn't in a gang. I didn't have to deal with drugs on the corner. I'm not saying that, but I'd have to deal, I, deal, I dealt with a situation that led with, to a lot of unsafe situations. And that's what we're talking about. Wow. We're talking about where, you know, we had to be on the porch before the light went out. OK, that was the demand. Right. And and when I look at what you're doing, which deals with just young girls and boys, elementary to middle school. Now, that's a that has always been considered a very important era to capture young minds, elementary to middle school, because they've always said that once they get in high school, sometimes that spirit can be lost and a direction of failure has been so defined that it cannot be turned around. Not saying it's impossible. But if you can catch them early, you can catch a larger number to keep them straight. Am I right in my definition of that, sir?
5: Right. And I, I, I do want to, um, to, to say that our main focus is on the 17 through 24 oh, okay. year olds. Mm-hmm. How, however, however, to your point, we do have a lot of partnerships within the community. Yes, sir. A lot of our programmatic partnerships and community partnerships are with that age range that you talked about. Mm-hmm. And you are absolutely right. Um, they say that if you want to teach a person a different language, um, you can't do it <laughs> when they turn 15, 16 and up. And you're definitely not going to do it when they get older. Mm-hmm. If you want to teach a person a different language, you teach them when they're a baby all mm-hmm. the way up because it's easier to retain. It's easier to mold the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's easier uh, to to as they say it's it's easier um to 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 build up a kid than break a man you yes. know what i'm saying yes and, and 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 yes you have to capture them at that early age um but for brothers restoring urban hope what we saw because we work in an area where there are thousands i mean when i say thousands there are there are thousands of youth that are being served by the Boys and Girls Clubs, the Big Brothers Big Sisters, and the Boy Scouts of America. And all of them fit that age range that we just talked about, that younger age range, where Brothers Restoring Urban Hope found an opportunity. And we said we wanted to fill the space of is what happens when those kids age out of that program at 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what happened we start to treat them like adults. Mm-hmm. We start to put them in an adult system. We, uh, we, we expect them to make adult decisions. Mm-hmm. Those cute little babies that you were training up when they were 16 and you loved them when they were 16, now society hates them. Now that they got a little beard and a little mustache, mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a little spot, you mm-hmm. know, that they stay in or, you know, got their license or whatever the case may be. But that's one of the most pivotal times for my area Because what happens is they fall into that economic, that racial equity, economic mobility um, uh, cycle. Right. And what I mean by that is that that's where those numbers start popping up, homelessness, Mm -hmm. underpaid, Um, uh, (laughs) not being able to get a job or get into school. That, that, those are our 17 through 24-year-olds mm-hmm. that you're seeing popping up in that racial equity report. Mm-hmm. And those are the folks that we are really trying to capture and sit in the gap for them. Um, and I'm pretty sure you'll get to me talking about the different services we offer them. But that's, that's the, the, the main focus of Brothers Restoring Urban Hope. Because right. that's where a lot of hope is lost. Yeah. I want to between that seventeen through twenty-four right. year old.
3: I want to talk because I know we're getting close to the end. I want to say two things and then I want you to talk about your services. Uh if you don't when you get to that seventeen, you've been rejected, you've been told, I got you, you've been said, Hey man, I'll be right back, don't come back. You've been disenfranchised as a as a young man. You've been discouraged, you've been emotionally and maybe physically kicked to the curb. And I know this for a fact. You have to make a commitment to these boys or young men, because they boys. They really boys. Cause they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't get to live a normal life where they could cry, where they could hug, where they can see failure, and somebody pick their spirit back up and give them hope to make it. It's all right to make a mistake. And so when I when I and so when I know the journey that you're dealing with, man, is emotionally so challenging because you can't have a day off, Victor. Not with these boys. You can't. Because that day you have off is the day could be the worst day of the life for the kid that you had off for. And I I, I remember, man, that uh, I remember when I first went into a program like that in Houston, Texas. And uh, I right. came in, I spoke. Them boys didn't say nothing. They looked at me and go, okay, thank you. I said, what's, what's the problem? Well, you know, I know you 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 feel good about yourself. I hope so. Cause they come in here all the time, do these little speeches like you do, and don't come back. Then I realized right there when that little kid said, and he was a little kid, he's like 6'3", 240. Right. He, these ain't little little kids, but like you said, they've uh, they've uh, they've transcended into manhood, and people start treating them like men, but they've have the development of a child, life right. skills, how to communicate what's my next decision so they're susceptible to making mistakes they can't recover from that's what you're dealing with every day in that 17 to 24 age group what gets you going man victor because it can be so frustrating brother it can be so breaking emotionally breaking for you and then you have these services close us out by talking about this man i'm so proud of you to spend the time to tell me about your story, but especially the org story, which is available, you can go there. Uh, go to that website, it's available on that website. Cause I broadcast on, on all these HBCU schools and and my whole thing is to allow people to understand U.S. value, you know, you're in the heart of HBCU, all this area, so, but man, speak your piece, man, so we can get out of here, man.
5: Man, absolutely. Um, you spoke on something a little earlier and you said, You have to, you know, understand your why, and you have to know your why and who you are, and it's it's one of those situations where I I meet with a lot of youth all the time, and through different partnerships, whether it be D.J.J. D.S.S. um, the alternative schools, um, the regular schools, the colleges, and you know, we meet folks who just got out of prison all the way to folks who are uh, to kids who are about to go to law school. So it's an array of kids. But one thing that I, I've always not understood and we're still trying to understand this is when you ask a kid why Mm -hmm. and what's your why, they put their head down and they're thinking about it. And a lot of times Eight times out of ten or eight eight kids out of ten, they can't tell you their why. Mm-hmm. They don't understand their purpose. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do through our services, because we don't do this just Victor and my staff of six, we have volunteers that range from three to four hundred. Volunteers throughout the community that we can call on at any given time mm-hmm. to give a kid what they need at that time. And we do group mentoring. So it's not one-to-one mentoring. Uh, so when we show up, we show up in huge numbers. Uh, for instance, at our summit program with Spartanburg Methodist College, um, we have a program that really caters towards those first-generational college students that um, have either about to flunk out the first semester of college, and/or on the brink of dropping out of college, and we showed up with you know forty or fifty of our first generational college volunteers to really pour into those youth. We went over study habits. Um, we go over relationship building with your uh, professor, understanding how to sit up at the front, not the back. Um, understanding where your resources and pockets. Uh, folks are on campus that can actually assist you with your tutoring needs, or if you have an issue with a computer and you don't have a computer, who you need to go to to get that computer, right. mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, time management skills, how to study and focus, because studying in high school and studying in college are two totally different things. Um, so that, that's just one type of partnership that we have. But what I, but it takes a community and we really live by that it takes a village mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have partnerships with Cap uh, Alpha Psi. We have partnerships with the United Way. We have spark- partnerships with the Spartanburg Academic Movement. Folks that really come in with us and become bros, become brothers restoring urban hope or sisters restoring urban hope. Mm-hmm. And we do it as a community. But one of our main projects that we have going on right now is called Connected Scholars. And that is for our college students. Because a lot of times when we talk about mentoring, a lot of people automatically assume that you're talking about a kid that's about to go to jail, a right. high school dropout, mm-hmm. or X, Y, and Z. We often forget about those leaders, those young men and women that will be leading our next generation. They need mentorship, too. Yes, and we need to pour into them even more during these times. Mm-hmm. Churches, folks aren't going back to church anymore. Everything is on social media. Yes, sir. The world is as racist as ever.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: We've got to train our leaders. You know, we got to be prepared for secession. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in a connected scholars program um, that, that are really training up our, our next leaders um, and, and really helping them understand what social capital looks like, right. um, connecting them with different mentors in their career fields or in their leadership fields, and really pouring into them on a one, on a, on a group mentoring basis and, and teaching them how to operate in these spaces that they're going to encounter once they graduate high school and college and be comfortable in those spaces and be confident. Um, so we're excited about this program and, um, man, um, I'm excited to be here today. So I thank you for, for having us. Well, all I gotta say, man, keep seeing it through. And you know what
3: I mean by that. Okay. Victor, I want to thank you for coming on money making conversation, man. You come on anytime, man. I love your spirit. And, uh, and again, I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. I know you're in Spartanburg, ever come up in this area please make sure you come by the building so we're going to chop it up.
5: All right. Well, let me just say this. I'd love to um, invite you out. My um, my cousin, he runs the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League, NBA Summer League Basketball out there. And we're bringing some kids up um, I'd love for you and your staff and crew to come out, meet us, and sit courtside sometime with us.
3: Absolutely, you just tell the day to my staff, and we'll be there, my man. And then come, bro, come on, brother, right. come on by the building, brother. I'll Make some desserts for you. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. All right, brother. That's, all right. All I right, there, man. Other, other, <laughs> hey, man, you 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 are an amazing new, Okay. <laughs> I love you, man. Stay strong, Victor. <laughs> Appreciate it. If you, want to, if you want to see any of my interviews or see any of my interviews on Money Make, go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.
1: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. You coming to bed, hon?
0: Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Ow!